Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Good morning. This is Dave Debo. Coming up just a little bit before 12 noon when we go off to meet the press, we're going to have various tributes to late uh, Congresswoman Louise Slaughter. She was just such a strong advocate for Western New York, strong advocate for the Democratic Party and Democratic Party values. Uh, she may have originally been from Kentucky, and she still had that Kentucky accent, but she was a Western New Yorker. She cared about the issues that matter here. She fought for the people in this community. Uh, Terry County Executive Mark Polenkar's more tributes and uh, a live discussion with one of her aides coming up. But first, let's look at something else that happened in Washington this week. We'll also along the way talk a little bit about what's happening with President Trump today. We bring in Russ Gagino, a former aide to Congressman Jack Kemp. And Russ, thanks for being here. Glad you could make it. Tell me a little bit, give me some background here. The reason I wanted to have you on today is I understand there are really quite a few connections between Western New York, Congressman Jack Kemp, who you used to work for, and President Trump's new economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, the CNBC commentator, uh, former uh, budget aide under David Stockman in the Reagan White House, and a guy really that I understand uh, has, if not ties here, a uh, certain, certain affinity for Congressman Jack Kemp. Well, I, I'd be happy to do that. Before I do, can I just mention something? I, I, I was listening to your last segment, which was awfully negative. I, I knew you would, and, and certainly we can get to that. Let's do that right now, then. Go ahead. Jump on in. I'll say this in this context. Let me just say, Louise Slaughter was a class act. And I'm saying that, you know, you're going to have a lot of Democrats say a lot of nice things about Louise Slaughter. Okay. Let me tell you something. A lot of Republicans liked her a lot. I happen to be a conservative, and I liked her an awful lot. I didn't agree with her, by the way. I didn't agree with her on a bunch of things. But she was as gracious as gracious gets, and she will be missed. She was a public servant in the truest sense of the word. And I wish there would be more of this kind of bipartisanship where it's the Republicans talking only nice about Republicans or the Democrats only talking nice about the Democrats. Louise Slaughter, whether you agreed with her or not, she was bullish on Western New York. But now make it relevant to our last segment because it sounds as if you're saying uh, there is too much negativity, too much partisanship. But now let me go to let me go to uh, to Larry. Larry Larry Kudlow was a very close and personal friend of Jack Kemp. They've been in the seventies. Larry used to work for Art Laffer, which you may know of the Laffer Curve, one of the great proponents of supply side economics. And uh, Larry um, was also worked for the Fed. A lot of people don't know this, but he worked for the Fed. He was a staff economist for the Fed. He worked right before he went to Bear Stearns. He was uh, also in the office of OMB under Reagan. So he's had a lot of experience. Uh, by the way, with all the experience Larry had, I don't think he's coming in for his philosophy. I think he's coming in, this is just my personal opinion, because he communicates so well. And he's much better at communicating what Trump is trying to do with the economy than Gary Cohen did. Gary Cohen is a brilliant guy, don't get me wrong, brilliant guy. Uh, but, but Larry has a way, and if you've ever seen his CNBC 
CNBC show, he has a great way of putting complicated things in bite-sized pieces. So he's able to explain what supply-side economics is. It's really incentive-oriented economics that benefits both labor as well as capital. It's not about business. It's not about helping the rich at the expense of the poor. Quite the opposite. Larry knew and knows how to communicate what Trump is trying to do to the economy. And by the way, what Trump is doing seems to be working. All right. And, and we will get to that in just a second here. But tell me more about the Kemp connection. One of the things that I noticed this week that sort of led me down the Internet trail that, that leads ultimately to you, uh, he's actually an advisor on a movie that some people are trying to put together about Jack Kemp and the Supply Siders. Uh, and, and he's an editorial advisor on that project. He's someone then that you, you told me uh, was a guest here at the Kemp Foundation's uh, dinner in 2014. Well, there's, there's really kind of a confluence here that, that makes him, Kemp, if not a local, at least a guy with these local ties. Erie County Conservatives Okay, on a tribute to Jack Kemp in 2014 and invited uh, Larry Kudlow. He was the main speaker. He was... A well, it was a very well-attended event in Chictawaga, uh, and uh, he spoke very personally, very, very personally about Jack and about how much Jack had um, affected his life, not only professionally, but as you probably know, Larry had, has confronted his demons. He had some issues with uh, drugs and alcohol, mm -hmm. and he speaks about that uh, very candidly. And Jack was extremely supportive for him, in a moment where he was very challenged. His wife, Judy, uh, also um, was incredibly supportive. So the commitment that uh, and the friendship that Larry Kudlow had for Jack Kemp was very personal, very deep, but they also saw eye-to-eye -eye on the economy. In fact, uh, the, the, the Reagan tax cut bill obviously was called Reagan-Kemp-Roth and came at a time when uh, Kudlow was in the White House in the Office of Management and Budget. How, how often did the Kemp Kudlow paths cross? Oh, very often. And by the way, I, people, many people may not know this, but I just uh, for, your view, for your listeners' sake, a lot of people who were uh, advising Reagan in 1980 were talking about, uh, were adv advocating that he raise taxes. You know, the traditional Republican um, textbook economic plan is to raise taxes when you have deficits. Well, a lot of people were advising him to do that. And Jack actually flew to California and, and, and advised Reagan, no, 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 cut taxes. The Reagan, the, the Kemp Roth, as you say, Reagan tax bill cut taxes by 30% across the board. And it unleashed economic growth. The only way deficits go away is if you control spending, but you have to grow the economy. And the Reagan tax cuts, which were advocated by Kemp and Larry Kudlow, were a great formula to do that. And, it, and they worked. And they're, and they're working now. They're going to work now for, for Trump. Wait and see. It's going to be a, a renaissance of the American economy. And it's very much uh, influenced by people like Larry Kudlow. And, and you said earlier that, that obviously he's a messaging guy, uh, certainly a, a cable commentator, that a lot of his role in the, in the Trump White House will be to put forth that economic message. Talk about the other side of that coin, though. To what degree do you think he's going to be whispering supply-side, supply-side in President Trump's ear? Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the time. You know, one of the things, uh, about Larry Kudlow is not in favor of these tariffs. Not at all. 
I mean, he told he told he wrote an editorial in the Wall Street Journal not too long ago where he said tariffs, uh, Mr. President, is not the way to go. And that's interesting because his predecessor Gary Cohn quit over that issue oh, yeah. mostly. Oh yeah, and, and and by the way, most traditional Republicans uh, are free trader. Jack Kemp was a free trader. Jack Kemp would have been very much against uh, the the tariffs. But what happened was Trump called Larry Kudlow after the editorial that he put in the Wall Street Journal, and he explained that what he's trying to do is use tariffs as a technique, as a bargaining chip, to lower tariffs for everybody. He's not going to, he'll lower his, the American tariffs when China, especially China, that's the, that's the real target. It's not Europe, it's not Canada, it's not Mexico that Trump is going after. He's going after China. In that regard, you're echoing the guest we had on here last week, um, Robert Stevenson from Eastman Machine Corp. He says, He's generally a free trader, but he loves the idea of these tariffs because they could end up bringing China to the table. Uh, President Trump has already said these tariffs uh, will be exempt in Canada and Mexico as long as they come to the table on NAFTA. So in, in many ways, I think what you're saying is something I've heard before. Stuff about China. Bargaining chip. For 2% of our steel from China. That's not true. That's not true. China produces 49% of all the steel that is produced in the world. They transship their, their steel all over the world. So you, want, you wind up buying Chinese steel, but not necessarily directly from China. All right. Now, now let me ask you quickly here. We, I'd like to get to some calls, and we only got a little bit of time. Right. Uh, previous segment, uh, one of the premises that uh, Morgan Hook, a, a spokesperson for uh, Governor Patterson, uh, said was, Governor Cuomo will be reelected because people don't care much about ethics that that uh, Joseph Percoco uh, won't necessarily uh, attach himself. The verdict there attach himself to Cuomo. He then went on to say, though, that uh, President Trump's different, that there are enough things out there that people don't like about President Trump that uh, you can't necessarily compare the two. Give me the counter argument, if you will. As long as the economy is chugging along, do you think that President Trump is insulated from Everything involving Stormy Daniels or now the latest controversy involving uh, the FBI and Andrew McCabe, to what degree, and I ask this somewhat rhetorically, but to what degree is, is a good economy and the economic policies that I know you tout going to keep him safe from all of that other criticism? Well, uh, I appreciate that, Dave. Uh, look, the economy is growing, and that's going to be a major influence. It's the lowest black unemployment in history. It's the lowest black unemployment for, um, unemployment for Hispanics in history. Jobs are growing at a tremendous rate. But guess what? All of that information that you and I know, and now your listeners know, 90% of all of the stories that are being printed about Trump now are negative. 90%. Now, that's, by the way, that's, been, that's not refuted. So the word isn't getting out by the major media sources, both print and electronic, that things are getting better. So if the, if, that's one of the reasons why Trump is taking to social media to be, able, to be able to educate the public that, yeah, things are getting better. People are seeing this in their paychecks. And I imagine another reason, too, why he goes to a messenger, messaging guy like Kudlow. Let's bring in a, a couple of quick calls here. Pat on a cell phone, you're up. Go ahead. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. I suspect the reason Donald Trump's having so many problems, and I want to point out I'm conservative, is because people that are defending them say the goofiest things, indefensible things. Like when your tester says that uh, Larry Kudlow uh, has the ability to take complicated matters and break them down so you can understand 
being in business 40 years, uh, I can tell you sometimes complicated matters are such and can't be broke down. I also take issue with this notion that supply-side economics or these tax cuts are working. I'd like to hear your guests defend the fact that National Grid gets a windfall, as does uh, 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 National Fuel, of about $73 million a year. And they say that money's going back to their uh, uh, shareholders. At the same time, they were just received an 11% rate increase from the Public Service Commission for Infrastructure. All right, Pat, in the interest of time, let's have Russ jump in here. Go ahead. Well, first of all, National Grid has nothing to do with the economy in the sense that it's, it's a monopoly. That's a monopoly controlled by the Public Service Commission. So what you're talking about in terms of National Grid doesn't apply to what I'm talking about. But Russ, what I'm talking about is they just took... Let me, let me finish, sir. Let me finish. A year from us. It, look, if you lower taxes and you increase the reward for work, you'll get more work. If you lower taxes and you increase the reward for doing business, you'll get more business. It's kind of simple. That's called supply-side economics. All right, Russ, uh, we're, we're almost out of time. Pat, come on back in. Give me your final point. Russ, tell me where this ever worked. During the Reagan years, we saw the average middle-class salary go up by $8 a week. This isn't made up. These are actual reports printed by the government. $8 a week is what we saw, Russ, uh, for middle-class. Well, sir, let me just tell you. I mean, you, you, can, you can argue the facts, but I can tell you that the facts say that the Reagan revolution created the greatest expansion of the American economy and the largest economic growth in jobs in American history. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. And I think, Russ, I hate to say it, but we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, I, should have, I should have booked you for a full half hour, and I apologize for that. Time. Anytime, David. All right. We'll, we'll get you back on. Don't worry about that. And maybe we even uh, next time we'll have you on to debate Morgan Hook, who was in the previous segment. I would love to do that. All right. We'll, we'll see what we can arrange. In the meantime, if you missed the segment with Morgan or this segment with Russ, in just a little bit, we'll have it up online at WBEN.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 